This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Monday afternoon, April 11th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, dominated the weekend box office with some big numbers. We'll discuss the latest movie trends in our next segment. But right now, two key readings of inflation will be out in coming days. While analysts are keeping an eye on the possible economic impact of lockdowns in China, we're joined by Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Earlier this morning, we talked about the impact of the lockdowns in Shanghai on both uh, reduced oil demand and possible uh, supply chain disruptions down the road. We do have two key inflation reports coming out this week, consumer price index tomorrow, producer price index on Wednesday. What is the consensus heading into these uh, two reports coming out this week? Well, in a word, nasty, Rob, uh, particularly on the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is the one that affects really Americans' uh, pocketbooks. Uh, it, it, the past month has been another difficult month of rising prices across the board. Energy prices certainly are squarely in focus, and those are of immediate concern, driven, no doubt, by the Russian invasion in Ukraine. But underlying car prices, uh, uh, appliance prices, home prices, rent costs, all continue to be uh, significant contributors to the rising environment that we're in. Now, some think that we are at or near the peak of this inflationary cycle. We can only hope perhaps that could be the case. But I think the reports both on the consumer side, the wholesale uh, number, the PPI, producer price inflation figure, is just going to add more evidence for the Federal Reserve that it needs to act fast and faster and probably more in terms of raising interest rates to squeeze out inflation. And these were the well, and once again, we're going to hear the headline number. Uh, and not since the early 1980s have we seen right. inflation right. this high. And so for a lot of people, this is the first time they've encountered an inflationary environment in their life. And we're approaching the point uh, where it's the first time in a generation where we could see anything close to above zero interest rates. So uh, this may be back to the future for a lot of people. But uh, that early 80s inflation, that late 70s inflation, which eventually turned into stagflation, was uh, tamed in part by substantially higher interest rates, but it was also tamed in part by an oil glut that was a response to the oil shock of 1979. Um, Is it possible, uh, looking at what we see about uh, the ramping up of domestic production, and maybe getting our heads around what the war in Ukraine means for energy markets, that uh, the price of oil could cool off over the course of the year, as it's already seems to be doing. It's certainly possible, Rob, and we can certainly hope. You know, the, the, it's a global market for oil, of course. So, uh, you know, the United States 
production has increased substantially uh, since those dark days of the 70s and the gas lines in the early 1970s and the oil embargo. But because of the global nature of oil and the demand from the developing world for energy, which wasn't there a generation ago, uh, it's a much different scenario here. I think the other thing to think about when it comes to rising prices, and you mentioned the generational impact here, is we are seeing rising wages now, too, which is a bit of a different environment than we saw back 40 and 50 years ago. The concern, of course, is that we get into a spiral of rising consumer prices, workers demanding and getting rising wages, which contributes to rising prices, which contributes to workers demanding and getting rising wages. Uh, The Federal Reserve is very keen on trying to stop that cycle before it even gets out of the gate. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami, Florida. Oh, and by the way, and not a single win button in sight. Uh, some people might remember the big initiative, Whip Inflation Now, in the mid-1970s, and the thoughts on how to ch- tame that have changed certainly since then. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Another movie is raking in big bucks at the box office, but this time it's not something from the Marvel Universe. Let's get an update from Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Sonic the Hedgehog, a big hit at the movies this weekend. Is this a sign that uh, yet another demographic is returning to theaters in large numbers. Uh, we've already seen you know, young men coming back to the theater, and now it's families. Yes, Rob, I think you make an excellent point. It's been a matter of the demographics, right? It's been a tale of demographics, whereas the younger males have come out for movie, movies like The Batman and Spider-Man No Way Home and some of the horror movies that have come out, like Scream, the latest Scream movie, and others. Now we're starting to see other demographics that we thought might take even longer to come back to the theater coming back and sonic the hedgehog 2 was 71 million in north america this weekend that's a huge number that family audience they definitely want to go back to the movie theater well i'll tell you just my own personal experience as the father of three young children we saw sing 2 in the theater twice uh back in december and early january and when you're looking for some sort of activity that just takes you out of the house uh, the calculus is fairly simple. Uh, it's a lot safer to go out. We know how to uh, kind of mitigate the effects of COVID if if, if we are so inclined. And uh, a, a trip to the movies is two hours away from your home. Yeah, and that, that's been really appealing for a lot of families who have been cooped up for a couple of years, it seems. And Sing 2, uh, another example of a family film that has done really well, but that's a big event movie, so is this. Uh, I think, though, as time goes on, we're going to see more demographics come out. We saw with The Lost City, uh, that movie's done incredibly well. That's also a Paramount picture. And that movie not only, I think, brought back the rom-com, but also uh, more mature audiences and the female demographic, which has been a little tougher to get back into the theater, particularly with so many movies just fixated at bringing in, it seems, 18 to 24-year-old males. So we're going to see this open up over time. I think that's a really good sign for the industry.
And it's not just uh, as far as bringing young men back into the theater. It's not just the big comic book special effects uh, spectacle films. Uh, Jackass Number no. Two uh, proved to be uh, surprisingly popular right. when it was released uh, last fall, and the uh, pleasures it uh, serves up are both uh, primal <laughs> and simple. And so you don't well, have definitely, to definitely <laughs> so definitely you... a no brainer on that one, <laughs> and I mean that in a couple different ways. But I got to hand it to the Jackass crew. They know exactly what their audience wants. Those films don't cost a ton of money to make, and uh, they're highly profitable, and they do well on the small screen once they leave the big screen. So that's good news for that team. But we're going to have a really great summer. I think this is really good news, Sonic the Hedgehog's performance for Minions, Lightyear, even uh, the Dumbledore movie, the Fantastic Beasts movie that opens later this week, which I think will draw families and a very wide variety of audiences to the multiplex this weekend, along with Sonic 2 and Morbius and the Lost City. So I think it's going to be an interesting weekend. Well, thanks for joining us. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Coming up next, traders react as Elon Musk abandons his bid to join the Twitter board. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There's market reaction to word that Elon Musk won't seek a seat on Twitter's company board. Let's get some insight now from Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and Professor of Advanced Media in Residence at the Newhouse School at Syracuse University based in New York. Thanks for joining us, Shelley. Uh, my first reaction once I saw last night that uh, Elon Musk was not going to join the Twitter board after uh, several days of uh, speculation was... Oh, that scamp. Uh, once again, uh, Elon Musk uh, pulling a prank on the world. But it also sounds like he's uh, keeping his options open as to what he wants to do with Twitter now that he has this large stake in it. There's so much speculation about what Elon might do right now. Uh, people think he owns roughly 14.9 or 15 percent of the company right now. By not taking a board seat, he keeps his options wide open, right? He won't have conflict of interest if he's trying to do a, a hostile takeover. Um, I think he's worth something like $260 billion personally. Um, Twitter's market cap this morning was about $37 billion, give or take a few. So he could buy the company by writing a check. Um, you know, in the old days, you couldn't really do that. And the SEC has tried to make it hard for hedge funds to <clears throat> go after uh, companies in this way, but there are so many really complex, awesome derivatives you can use to build big stakes in public companies. So I think if he really wanted to, he could go ahead and take over or do a, or do a hostile bid directly to the shareholders. I'm not quite sure what he's playing at. Uh, he's always been a big Twitter user. He got a lot of Twitter followers. It's a thing he likes to play with. Uh, you or I could speculate for the rest of our lives as to what goes on in a guy's mind when that guy has 260 billion personal dollars i don't know if if we're qualified to understand the mind of elon musk but it certainly looks like something is afoot and, and you're talking about a guy who not only is he the, the world's richest man he is writing our next chapter in space with SpaceX. He has revolutionized the electric car with Tesla. And I know a lot of the discussion about Elon Musk taking over Twitter uh, has something to do with uh, content moderation policies, who can say what and to whom. And there's a lot of people who think uh, their group is being uh, unfairly maligned by uh, Twitter's current content mon moderation policies. But you think when you're the world's richest man, do you want to be the ultimate moderator and get involved in those fights? 
You know, that's a really interesting question, Rob. And the thing is, look, Mark Zuckerberg is the unofficial president of the Internet. You have 3.2, 3.4 billion people with, registered with Facebook accounts. And Zuck has not stepped up in any way to moderate and or to exert any power. Elon Musk is looking at Twitter. You know, he's been semi-censored. He feels like there's a lot of crypto scams there. He's been very vocal about what he doesn't like about Twitter. So do you want someone moderating? Whose worldview do you want imposed on Twitter or on Facebook or on on anything, on Google? It doesn't matter. Um, You know, what do you want curated and who do you want to curate it by? There are Fox News people. There are MSNBC people. They know who they're, you know, who's curating their stuff. Does Twitter need to be curated that way? And if so, is Elon your guy? These are questions far larger than if Elon feels like buying or buying into or buying a giant stake in Twitter. And I think we have to uh, ask ourselves, like, Facebook's a reflection of who we are, right? Twitter's a reflection of who we are. If we, if we want Twitter to be nicer, Facebook to be nicer, we have to be nicer on Facebook and Twitter. So what, what would Elon Musk do if he were king? Well, he's pretty damn close to it, so we'll see. Well, I, I think a, a nicer society uh, starts with us, Shelley, so I'm going to say thank you for joining us this afternoon. Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and professor of advanced media at Syracuse University's Newhouse School in New York. Still ahead, investment advice from our Monday stock picker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Another candidate enters the race for mayor of Chicago. President Biden unveils an effort to combat ghost guns in America. Baskin Robbins is undergoing a makeover that includes a new line of merchandise. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of ideas from an investing pro. WBBM Business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 256 points. The Nasdaq 
Nasdaq is down 211. The S&P 500 is down 56. AccuWeather says mostly cloudy and rather breezy with a shower or two, especially south of Chicago, a high today of 61. We have 54 degrees right now under cloudy skies at 1231. And topic our news at the half hour, millionaire businessman Willie Wilson making it official today. Uh, I am running for a major decision run for the Wilson says if elected, he'll hire as many as five police superintendents to fight crime, eliminate red light and speed cameras, and repeal the city's vaccine mandate. President Biden is set to roll out rules designed to rein in untraceable, privately made firearms that are increasingly showing up at crime scenes. A year ago last week, the president said he wanted to see so-called ghost gun kits treated as firearms. Which is going to require that the seller and manufacturers make the key parts with serial numbers. The new rule will also require that buyers be subject to background checks. It will likely face heavy resistance from gun groups, as will the president's nomination of a new Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives chief. He's tabbing former U.S. Attorney Steve Dettelbach after pulling David Chipman's nomination amid Senate opposition. Sagar Magani, Washington. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are losing ground to start the week. We're joined by Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager of Smart Portfolios based in San Diego. The website macrotides.com. Jim, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like the markets are reacting to what could very well be a push-pull week uh, when it comes to data and when it comes to the question over uh, inflation where it's at and how far it'll last. Well, the inflation number that comes out tomorrow, the CPI, uh, Rob, is definitely going to be over 8%, which is kind of, uh, you know, nerve-rattling, if you will, because everyone who goes to a grocery store or goes fill up your gas tank, you know, knows that prices have gone up a a lot. Uh, I think corporate earnings that come out in the next few weeks are going to be pretty decent, But the key for me will be the forward guidance as companies look to the rest of 2022, how many talk about wage uh, gains uh, and cost inputs and so forth. And my guess is, Rob, we're going to see a lot of companies kind of downgrade or lower expectations for the balance of the year. And I think that's a depressant for the equity market overall. And uh, as, as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned, isn't that what you want in, in, in terms of taming inflation, that everybody dials back their expectations and we pull our hands off the throttle uh, just a little bit? Yep. Uh, Powell has been pretty you know, clear in stating that the goal of monetary policy is to reduce demand. They can't do anything on the supply side. They can't make more computer chips. They can't have more people joining uh, the labor market and so forth, but they can reduce uh, demand. And part of that equation, Rob, is lowering stock prices, not directly, but the main thing the Fed is going to be focusing on is tightening financial conditions. And one of the components of financial conditions is equity prices. So the rally off the March low really was kind of working against what the Fed is accomplishing or wanting to accomplish. And again, my take has been is that based on the fundamentals, we're going to see a slowing economy. The Fed isn't going to back off anytime soon. 
My expectation has been is the S&P is likely to drop, at least test the lows of 4115, uh, and I think more likely drop below 4115 uh, you know, sometime in the second quarter. This is turning into a theme on this show when I ask uh, guests about this, and that is we're dealing with two uh, events happening right now uh, that uh, some people who have never experienced in their life, uh, which is high inflation. I mean, if you're a consumer who remembers the inflation of the late 70s and early 80s, chances are you're around the age of 60. And uh, a higher interest rate environment, which really has not been the case uh, since about the year 2000. And is it possible, you know, that you talk about higher interest rates, uh, they were the federal funds rate in the 90s was 5%. And is it possible to even go back there, given the fact that uh, everybody is a lot more sensitive to the stock market today than maybe 30 or 40 years ago? Uh, Rob, this is a, a great point, because people have been conditioned to believing that the Fed won't push too far. But again, their experience with the equity market is usually less than 20 years. And so they haven't confronted the kind of circumstances that have developed. So I think this is one of the points I've written about, that the most investors have not fully appreciated that everything has changed and that the Fed has to be aggressive and persistent in terms of what they're doing. And, um, I, you know, one of the things I, I've heard, and probably you too, Oh, the market's priced in the Fed rate hikes because the two-year yield was up to uh, uh, 260 or something like that. 240, I think, is where it's trading now. But what the market hadn't priced in, in my opinion, was that the prime rate moves with the Fed funds rate. So as the Fed increases the uh, Fed funds rate, we're going to see the prime rate tick up. And a lot of consumer loans, small business loans are tied to prime rate. So that is the thing that I think is coming, is the re realization that the economy is going to slow and yet the Fed is not going to back off. And I think, in, you know, for those who haven't had that experience going back decades will be surprised, uh, but they shouldn't have been because this was telegraphed, I think, in the last uh, really three, four months, uh, you know, what the Fed was saying and what they were going to have to do. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with Smart Portfolios based in San Diego. The website, macrotides.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, the scoop on a makeover for the iconic ice cream brand Baskin Robbins. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Baskin-Robbins is getting a reboot as it moves towards its 78th year in business. We welcome in R.J. Hadevi, head of analytical research at foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI based in Chicago. R.J., thanks for joining us. Uh, how bold is this reboot and reimagining of Baskin-Robbins? Like, are they adding a 30-second flavor? <laughs> it doesn't look like it's quite that yet, but it does look like they're adding some, some new specialty flavors, some limited time offers just to, you know, add the level of innovation on the menu. Uh, it is a pretty substantial reboot for the company, uh, completely new logo, uh, completely designed uniforms for the group. And to be honest, it's probably long overdue. Typically, most firms uh, in the retail and restaurant sector uh, do some sort of logo refresh about every 10 years or so. And, and it's been about 20 years for Baskin Robbins. Um, trying to shed the you know the the childlike image that they have on the, on the current logo, um, and I think what's going to be important here is that they you know ice cream quietly had a a really nice year in terms of visitation last year uh, was one of the uh, the categories that did really well post pandemic, and I think that they're just trying to capitalize on this increased traffic and and drive increased uh, repeat visits with this rebranding and some of the new uh, flavors that they might be introducing just on a one time basis. Well, the ice cream space, it seems like it this it breaks down thusly in every town in America. There is a Baskin Robbins, 
there's a Dairy Queen. There is an artisanal uh, chain ice cream shop, thinking Oberweiss. And then there's a local favorite. And is that usually how the ice cream sector breaks down? And, you know, what can or what will Baskin-Robbins do to, to increase its market share inside that environment? Yeah, that's that's pretty close for, for a lot of trade areas that we see. Is typically a handful of competitors. You have a, a couple chain stores as well as a couple local uh, independent players as well. Uh, the, the struggle with ice cream shops is, you know, typically the highest usage is during the summer months, not surprising there. And what do you do in the off-peak times with it? Um, and, and so I think that that's where some of those innovations and in. typically what's going to happen is a lot of times they'll introduce beverages and, and coffees to, to offset that and, and drive traffic throughout the rest of the year. I think that's going to be the big challenge is, you know, not only creating a new sense of uh, awareness with this new branding, but also finding innovations and in products that keep people coming back uh, consistently. Um, you know, and a lot of times, too, for Baskin-Robbins, I think it's going to come down to celebrations, uh, things like ice cream cakes that, um, you know, that's a, been an area where they've pushed in the past, and I think they could probably do some more. So I think that's going to be part of this rebranding effort and trying to get higher um, engagement and you know, really you know, better utilization of their current stores. In a lot of places, Baskin-Robbins has teamed up with the Dunkin' Donuts. Is that the M.O. for every Baskin-Robbins franchise, or are some uh, on their own separate from the Dunkin' Donuts restaurant? Yeah, the, the companies were together uh, as part of Dunkin' Brands before the acquisition uh, by Roar Capital uh, last year. So uh, you will see a lot of locations that are co-branded or co-sites with uh, with Dunkin' Brands. And that speaks to the point I just made about the uh, you know coffee and trying to get better utilization year-round. But there are locations that are standalone, too, and you know, particularly in warmer markets where you're going to see higher ice cream visitations throughout the year. So it's not just necessarily you're going to see everyone uh, you know co-branded, but in a lot of locations it does work. Now, we're talking about a different ownership regime, but a couple of years ago, uh, Baskin-Robbins did kind of lean into nostalgia uh, because it was featured in the Netflix series Stranger Things, and all of a sudden you saw the 1980s uh, logo and font uh, all over the, uh, the the local Baskin-Robbins, and yeah, it kind of took me back to going to you know ice cream birthday parties and getting a He-Man cake for a, for a <laughs> birthday party when I was a kid. It, it did you know, you did bring back those memories, but was it successful? Uh, I think it did have a, a short-term period, and I, I can totally relate with the He-Man cake, I, I'm sad to admit, but uh, uh, it did have a short-term impact. It, it did see uh, visitations increase for that period, but it didn't sustain like the, the company had hoped. I think they, they went through a soft patch after that. Uh, and so I, I think the goal now is to getting you know, more consistent visitation frequency than anything else. So I think that that's the goal to rebrand, really tap into this nostalgia fact, and, and hopefully do it more frequently with its consumers. Well, thanks for joining us, R.J. Hadavi, the head of analytical research at foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI, based in Chicago. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Pickers. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management and Fox News business contributor based in Orlando, Florida. The website GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us today. You have two selections uh, for this Stock Picker Monday, and your first stock is one uh, that I want to call the unofficial uh, consumer confidence index, especially if you're at the store on a Saturday morning. Defensive here. So discount retail is really the only retail stocks that are in a bull market. Most other retails in a bear market. So Costco's just been, uh, no pun intended, delivering the goods. 
on earnings and sales growth. Uh, it's had a pretty good move over the last four weeks, so I wouldn't mind it pulling back 3 or 4%, uh, but I do like it. They don't report for another month and a half, so you have some room here. And as long as they keep consistent, I think the stock continues to perform. And uh, your next uh, uh, your next stock is uh, from the healthcare sector, and uh, they report earnings later this week. Yeah, uh, another defensive uh, managed care. Hospitals are defensive because if we go into recession, they're still going to get paid. Uh, United Health is the biggest. Earnings growing very nicely. Sales growing very nicely. Just one big caveat: you got to wait till they report earnings first. Uh, I am I, my Ouija board's not good enough to know. Uh, how the market's going to react, and especially when you have a market that's so fragile. You never know if they come out with good news and the stock still falls down. So wait for earnings. Pullbacks are preferable right now, most everything. Uh, but these two companies, and we're talking companies, have delivered for, 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 for a couple of decades here, and I don't see why uh, it won't continue. And the remarkable thing about Costco, I mean, yes, it is a members-only operation, but at the same time, those warehouses are just chock full of items that are sensitive to supply chain issues, and they're hauled by trucks that are uh, sensitive to the price of diesel fuel. I mean, how'd you say they're they're managing all of these uh, these issues that directly impact their business? Well, bigger is better because you can uh, negotiate more on price uh, for everything, and when you sell in such bulk, you are uh, you're definitely better on price for the consumer, also. And your uh, consumers are about habits. Uh, you go to Costco's or a Sam's Club out there, which Walmart owns, and uh, people just love those places. And I visit them just to check out how well things are going on. And all I can tell you is they are packed to the gills on the weekend, and they're doing a huge business in gas right now because they are much lower uh, than most gas stations also. So that's a destination there and gets them into the stores. Gary Kalpam, president of Kalpam Capital Management, Fox News business contributor based in Orlando. Uh, find him online, GaryK.com. Thanks. And, and your uh, picks for the week Costco, the ticker symbol C O S T, and United Health Group, U N H. And of course, he cautions uh, wait until they report uh, earnings uh, later this week. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 